Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey everyone, it's Jordan Edwards here, and we have a very special guest. Without any formal education or marketing experience, Paul Getter, the internet marketing nerd, committed himself to learning every aspect of social media marketing. Fast forward a few years, he has now spent over $1 billion running ads and campaigns for his clients, and is in the top 1% of ad spenders on Facebook. And he has over a million Instagram followers, and he works with the likes of Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, and Les Brown, and many more. So I'd like to take the time to welcome Paul. How are you doing, Paul? Hey, fantastic, Jordan. Pleasure being here. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Yeah, no problem. We're really excited to have you here at Clocked In. And to start, just tell us a little bit about your bio and your upbringing and where you are today and how yeah, you got Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Again, first of all, thank you very much for having me on this podcast. I appreciate that. Yeah, so um, uh, currently people know me as uh, the internet marketing nerd. I've had the privilege of working with some of the top online entrepreneurs in the world. As you mentioned, guys like Guy, like uh, Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, Bob Proctor, Les Brown, um, A-list celebrities, Fortune 500 companies, and really it's just been a blessing to work with some amazing people. But, you know, it really, um, sometimes people ask me the question, well, how did you get into this? How did you get into the entrepreneurial world or internet marketing? Really, it comes down to one simple thing. I had to pay the bills. So I, uh, I started playing around with Facebook. And, um, you know, before that, I'd worked all kinds of different odd jobs. Uh, and I worked at McDonald's, I worked at Burger King, I worked at department stores, I worked at different sales, different positions. So I did everything, but I always kind of had that interest in, uh, you know, kind of the nerdy side of things. Back when I was younger, we did stuff like built bulletin board systems. That was like pre-internet. So I'm like, I'm dating myself there, Jordan, like how old I am is before internet. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, so um when Facebook initially launched, I had friends of mine like, hey, man, you need to jump on. I'm like, no, man, that's just that's a waste of time and stuff. And uh, so I, I eventually caved in and jumped in and I started playing around with things. And I saw how, you know, back then it was just a few businesses, but businesses would make Facebook pages um, to promote yeah. their business. And uh, so I actually I did that for our church. Okay. page for our church and it was really interesting like a few weeks later this couple came to our church and i just out of curiosity i'm like hey where'd you hear about us i'm like oh we saw you on facebook i was like really and it just like hit me I'm like wow these are real people and um so i i started at that point i started looking at facebook as a a business opportunity and i started connecting with businesses and showing them how they could grow their business. They could get clients. They could get, you know, uh, patients, whatever it might be to come into their business through harnessing social media. Yeah, that's amazing because a lot of people, they go on Facebook and they use it for its normal use. Oh, I have my friend, Paul, we're going to be friends for a yeah. while. I want to know what's going on with him. Yeah. So yeah. I understand that you had the church and you build it out pages. And I was hearing, I was watching some stuff when I was researching you. And I saw that you you built some pages just to see how they worked. But what got you to realize, and I understand that it was the church, but 
to really go, hey, this is not just fun and games. Like, this is where the money is. Yeah, okay, okay. So I'll tell you what. I was building um, Facebook pages. Back then, the Facebook algorithm, it was a different monster. It's like if you had a Facebook page of 100,000 people, you post on it, and 100,000 people saw it and would engage, and stuff just went viral so easily. So I would build pages based on my hobbies or just, you know, topics that I knew people would like. And I just built it as, you know, having fun and uh, posting memes and doing silly stuff like that. And then I'd be like, huh, uh, make shirts and start selling shirts. And people would buy shirts or I'd build websites and send traffic to the websites. And I started seeing how it can make money. And one of the things that I did uh, because I would have people message me all the time. Hey, will you give me a shot on your page? Will you share my content? So I set up a, uh, a gig on Fiverr and okay. people would message me. Hey, you know, I'd say, Hey, for $5, I'll give you a shout out on my page. Again, for me, it was just, I was excited. I, building pages for fun. Now I'm getting some money. Hey, that's cool. So uh, I had people start to pay $5 to get shout outs on my Facebook pages. And I noticed that there was like some legitimate companies, like legitimate businesses, authors or entrepreneurs that would message me, hey, will you give me a, a shout out? And I saw that, hey, there's this huge world of people that could grow their business. They can sell merchandise. They can sell their products, their services. And so, so I began to, instead of just letting people come to me and ask me to do it, I began to really reach out to other people. And I noticed sometimes people, when they first got started in Facebook, they, uh, they understood that they needed to be doing Facebook. They didn't know how to do it right. But since I was playing around with it and learning, I knew how to do it really well. What's funny is I wasn't necessarily trying to be an internet marker. I was just having fun and like, wow, I can make money doing this too. So, so I learned and I learned how, how to do it and what to do, what not to do. And so I would see people running ads on Facebook and I could look at the ad. I'm like, they're doing it wrong. And I was just like, they're doing it wrong. So I would message these companies and just start a conversation with them. Like, Hey, you saw one of your ads. How's that going for you? And they're like, Oh yeah. And start to have a conversation with them. And then I'd start to dig in, like, how much is it costing me? And I'd find out all the information about their marketing. And then I would, you know, hit them up and I'd say, Hey, you know, let me do it for you. And I can get your costs down by half. And they're like, Oh no, that's not possible. And I'm like, yeah, give me a shot. You know, I'll do it for free for a couple of days. And I'd, you know, show them results. And next thing you know, I started building a clientele of people that were hiring me to do their Facebook marketing because I was one of the few people at the early starts of Facebook that learned it and was, uh, you know, putting things into practice. So you'd start with the algorithm. So you understood what was going on and then you target those who were, who you knew had money, but were a little inexperienced. Yes. So, so what, what I would do is like, uh, wh- what happened is when people would make Facebook pages, there is this little button that they could push and it would say, um, hey, do you want to grow your Facebook page? Click here now. We'll set up an ad. You, you click that button. It would set up an ad and it was Facebook's way of auto generating an ad for you. The ad looked horrible. It didn't perform well. You know, it'd get like a dollar a click. And I knew if I did it, I could get it down to a penny a click. Oh, wow. So I I saw, I would just scroll through my timeline and just scroll. And as soon as I would see one of those ugly ads that I knew that it was an auto-populated uh, Facebook ad, that there was no one that really knew what they were doing, I would send them a message and I would say, hey, yeah, I see you're running Facebook ads. How's that going for you? And normally they'd be like, Oh, it's going great. And, and I would say, well, if you don't mind me asking, uh, what type of results are you getting? What type of, what's your cost per click? And I'd have people say, oh, you know, it's, it's a dollar. It's even $2. And so I would say to them, well, you know, instead of you paying Facebook 
you know, I'd ask them, how much are you paying a day? How much are you investing a day in those ads? And they're like, ah, you know, $20 a day. And I'd say, well, instead of paying Facebook $20 a day, pay me $20 a day and I'll get you double or triple the results. And again, like if, if they were paying a dollar a click and they were getting, um, that means they were getting 20 clicks, I could spend them a dollar, spend a dollar and get them a hundred clicks And the other $19 was my profit and they were happy. I was happy. And so I would do that. And, and, you know, you do the math after getting four or five people like that, I'm making a hundred dollars, maybe even more a day. So it became into like, well, I'm making a few thousand dollars a month. And then you find people that are spending a hundred dollars a day, $200 a day. And and you just keep expanding and expanding. The question I was wondering is I know you went from, the sales job, which you really despised, yeah, yeah, you going into kind of building this out of out of a must to pay the bills. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, so I was I was working a a sales job. Um, it, it was at a uh, merchant processor company where we would set up appointments for um, people to change their merchant processors, um, whether it was a, a restaurant or you know local businesses, in um, the supervisor there was just this mean, nasty guy that come into the office yelling at people and stuff. And, you know, I worked there because I needed a paycheck, but it was just an environment that nobody liked to be around this guy. And I, I think eventually it came to a point where I felt like I kind of had to stand up and say something on behalf of the office. And he came in one day just screaming and yelling at people. And I went up to him, I said, man, you know, people really don't like the environment you make around here, it's just, you're mean, you're hostile, yelling at people. And you know, just, it's, it's not a good workplace. And of course he didn't <laughs> respond to nicely about me telling him that he's like, man, if you, if you talk to me like that again, you're going to lose your job. And I'm like, well, okay. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm like, uh, do one of those. I'm quitting before he fires me. <laughs> so, so I quit that day and left. And yeah, that's where I kind of like Okay, I was already dabbling around in this, building websites and doing social media marketing. And I'm like, okay, I got to I gotta learn this. I got to go all in on this because I don't have a job now. So at that point where you, because I know there's so many entrepreneurs listening right now that are in between having a full-time job and ready to make that jump. Yeah. Were you getting enough income on the side to support that? Or you were just... I got some money saved up. This guy I really hate and I got to make my own life. Like where was that for you? And what gave you the confidence to do that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what gave me the confidence to do that was my wife. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Because my, my wife fortunately is blessing. Uh, She had a good job that uh, was bringing in a a good income. And so it gave us the ability, okay, we're going to have to make some cuts, but still be able to survive. Yeah. you know, I know a lot of times people are like, oh man, I'm quitting my job and I'm I'm going full-time entrepreneur. And uh, if you don't have money, if you don't have something coming in and you're just, hey, I'm going to jump in full-time entrepreneur and do my business and stuff. Well, you're going to, you're going to probably be really surprised because uh, it's a roller coaster. I mean, there's some months, Hey, you're making money other months. You're not making any money. And so you have to, if you've got savings, if you've got something, that's good. But look, you you can work 40 hours at a job and come home because there was times that I was doing this. I was working at the sales job and I was coming home and staying up to two o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, working my side hustle, making some money there. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with doing that, going through a season where you're not working 40 hours a week, but you're working 70, 80 hours a week. And then when the income from your side hustle is generating enough revenue um, that your main job is no longer needed, then yeah, let go of that job. But I mean, if you're just like going from, I've got a a full-time job, like, okay, I'm going to start my side hustle and quit my job. Then, you know, that's maybe not the best thing to do. So it's, it's good to think wisely about making those decisions. Yeah. I'm glad you elaborated on that. Cause sometimes it just, a lot of these guys will just say it and you're like, he did what? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think that there is a, a pressure 
that if you're not a full-time entrepreneur, that you're not really an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's man, that's really discredits what an entrepreneur is and the journey of an entrepreneur. I remember for years when I was uh, learning and growing that I followed this guy that was doing Facebook marketing back in the day, there was only, man, there was only like a, a handful of people that were doing Facebook ads. Now it's like everybody and their mom has a course on how to do Facebook ads and everything. But back years ago, you know, 10 years ago or more, it, there wasn't a whole lot of people that were doing Facebook ads and there wasn't courses. It's was just like, if you find someone that was doing it, you're like, Hey man, tell me how you're doing it. And you guys make a little group and you talk about it. But I remember I was, learning from this one guy watching, he was always making videos and sharing with us what he was doing. And then one day um, he uh, posted a message in our little group there. And he said, Hey guys, just want to let you know that uh, as of this Monday, I'm quitting my job at the bank and I'm going in full time into marketing. And I remember I was like shocked because uh, I was actually, I was doing full-time at this point. I was doing full-time marketing, I, you know, and, but I looked at him and he was, he was doing really good, making a lot of money, but he was still working at the bank. And I, I was like, well, you know, good for him because he, you know, he was doing good at marketing, but yet he maintained his job at the bank. So he was really, he's working two jobs, but he was waiting till the time was right and you know, have that consistency to be able to make that decision. Definitely, and we're working at a big bank, you get that security. Yeah, and being an entrepreneur, you got to be very risk averse, so they're kind of a little conflicting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So when you made that jump, what was your headspace like, and what were you thinking about going like, I just have to reach out to everyone I know, or how'd you go about it? Yeah. So I remember I would, you know, I told you how I would uh, find people to uh, work with as I just scroll through yeah. Facebook and I'd find some um, ads and I click on it. Well, what this transitioned into is me doing that all day, okay. going through Facebook, finding ads, clicking, sending messages. I had like little template messages and uh, I would do that. And it was just every day was prospecting, trying to find clients and putting messages on, you know, Upwork. And back then, I think it's called Odesk. Uh, but any site, you know, whether it's Upwork, Odesk, um, Fiverr, I was putting a uh, messages out there and sending DMs to people all over just asking, hey, can I help you with your marketing? And um, one of the things that kind of gave me some leverage is I, number one, I knew what I was doing. I could show them results uh, yeah. that I was getting. And then number two, I would always kind of like proposition them. And I would say, Hey, I'll do two days for free for you. If I don't get the results, because again, if, if they're spending $20 a day and I, I found people that were spending $200 a day, which you figure $200 a day, if you can get the same results with 20, your profit is 180. So you're talking, you know, five over $5,000 in one month. If you can get that one person uh, to transition their budget, instead of just spending it on Facebook ads, allow you to manage it. And so, uh, so what I would do is I would tell people, Hey, uh, you're spending $20 a day. Stop spending your $20 a day and let for the next two days, let me give me the um, well, what I tell them, I was like, don't pay me anything. Just, I'll show you what I can do. And I would do two days of work, which I knew if they were spending $20 a day, they already told me how much, um, they were paying like to get a, a follower on Facebook. Uh, that was one of the big things that we did is grew their pages. So they told me that it would cost them, um, a dollar, uh, a like on Facebook. Well, so they were getting 20 likes a day. And I could spend, I could spend one dollar. I could spend one dollar and get them. Uh, depending on what what niche it was, man. Back when things were really fun and really yeah. cheap on Facebook, I could get them ten likes for a penny. Oh, ten wow. likes for a penny. So two cent. I could spend two cent 
let's say three cent. (laughs) I could get them the same results that they were getting for $20. So what I would do is I would spend a dollar on ads, get them, you know, blow it out of the water, blow it out of the water. And they would look and they would see the quality is good, everything. And they were blown out of the water and they were like, yeah, hired. So, so that's how I do it. I would just like search these people out and send them a message, do a couple. I like the target, the targeting the correct people because you're never, there's never going to be a call list or people like there are people who need it. But when you can compare, Hey, you don't have a great product. Now we're going to give you a great product and I'm that great product. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I could just look at their ad and I can say, Okay, before I even sent them a message, I could guess, and hey, they're probably spending a dollar a click. And but I would just, hey, how's it going? Oh, good. I see you're running ads. You know, how's that working out for you? Oh, it's great. And they would think that it was doing good for them because yeah. they didn't know any better. But uh, when I would tell them, hey, you know, for twenty dollars, I can get you five hundred likes instead of twenty. Yeah, they almost they. A lot of times they're like, oh, this guy trying to scam me. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'll do it for free for two days. If it's not good, you don't pay me anything. If it's good, we got a deal. Do yeah. it for two days for free. And it was always, it was always like. <laughs> Over deliver. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And then how'd you make the jump from going to, let's go with average people or small yeah. businesses to the bigger businesses and the Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez. How'd you make that jump? Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. Again, uh, you know, the, being in this space for a long time uh, helps because people just get to know who you are. They hear about you, your reputation. You know, um, other marketers and other businesses get talking about you, and and that's it, so it kind of naturally happened that I was doing work for people. In, you know, again, like people would send me messages on Facebook and they would say, hey, can you help me promote a book? And to me, I had no idea who it was. And I'd say, yeah, you know, this is my cost and everything like that. And come to find out, it may have been a friend of Ty Lopez. It may be a friend of Grant Cardone. It may have been, you know, some someone that was closely connected to these big people. And so that's kind of what happened is people would message me, ask me to, you know, help them out and promote their book or promote, you know, a video that they had or something like that. And if it it was something cool, I'd say yes to. And the next thing you know, I, I, you know, I remember one day I got a a call from a guy and he's like, hey, man, I heard that you do um, uh, Facebook marketing. You help do this and grow social media platforms and everything like, yeah, yeah. And he started asking me questions, what we was going to do and how we do it and what our pricing was and stuff. And um, so I just had about an hour long conversation with him and um, it was uh, Todd Lopez's brother. Okay. Uh, Yeah. His name is Ben. And he got off the phone with me and he uh, called me back a few minutes later. He's like, Hey man, my um, brother Ty uh, would like to know if you'll fly out, out here tomorrow and talk with us. I'm in Florida. They're in California. I'm like, like we want to fly you out here and talk to you. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Fly me out there and let's let's talk. I'm like, we'll take care of all your expenses and everything. I'm like, yeah, sounds like a deal to me. So of course I get there. Um, Ty Lopez's house in Beverly Hills, the Lambos and everything like that. Sat down in his office and talked to him. And uh, again, had the conversation. He told him what we did. Showed him some of our results. He's like, when can you start? I'm like, well, as soon as I get back to the hotel, I can set some ads up for you. And uh, so it's kind of grown from there. And, you know, within the entrepreneur space, you start working for a guy like Ty Lopez and you got Les Brown and, uh, you know, all the other entrepreneurs, Kevin Harrington, um, just all the guys that get talking and stuff. And uh, word word gets around, I guess you can say. Yeah, especially when you do good work like you do. Yeah, yeah, you got you got to you got to deliver. You got to deliver. And I've got a great team and a good group of people helping me now, so I don't have to be as good as them. <laughs> so, and when this was happening, who were you the most excited to meet or network with? They might have became a client or not been a client, but who was the one you were most excited to be like, "Oh, this yeah. is awesome." 
So, so here, here's the interesting thing is when I, when I'm in this internet marketing world, I'm in my house, in my little office at home doing my stuff. I wasn't going to conferences. I wasn't, you know, yeah. I wasn't playing on Facebook or anything like that. I was just, I was working. So when it came to Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone and guys like that, I didn't even know who they were. I mean, I just, Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I didn't, I didn't know who they were. I remember uh, going to the airport and my two sons were with me and uh, we're like putting our plan together. Like, Hey, what are we going to do while we're over there? And I said, well, you guys can hang out at the hotel. When I go over to um, Ty's house, I will, you know, you guys can do this, this, and this. And they're like, dad, what's his name? And I said, um, Ty, uh, Ty Lopez. And they're like, oh, do you know who that is? And they, they were, you know, excited. I'm like, no, I really don't know who this is because it wasn't my, it, it wasn't my world. I was doing marketing for insurance companies, realtors, and yeah. that type of stuff. But uh, the person that contacted Ty's team, it was, you know, they had like a digital product or something like that. And okay. like, hey, you know, maybe they can help you. But I, I think probably as far as one of the coolest that uh i've worked with and it was cool to me was um kevin hart okay yeah kevin hart we um went went there for a i think it was a, a movie opening had dinner with him talked to him about marketing and helped him put his marketing plan together for a couple projects and stuff so i thought that was pretty neat because you know uh if if you watch tv or anything like that or yeah movies you've probably seen half a dozen of his movies so i knew who he was so i thought that was pretty cool um to meet him and to um work with him and that that's awesome and then when you made the jump from as you call it marketing nerd Uh to speaker Uh how did that occur slash what did you have to change with yourself to get there yeah. So, so here's the thing is I have been public speaking since I was about 17 years old. Okay. Yeah. And I've spoke around the world, spoke to uh, groups of 50 people to 50,000 people, large okay. coliseums of people. So I've um, spoke, spoke around the world and it was uh, my speaking is motivational Christian ministry type speaking. Okay. And so it was different for me to speak about marketing versus uh, anything versus, uh, you know, church related stuff, ministry related stuff. But I, you know, it it was kind of one of those things where, because I am comfortable speaking in front of people that I would be at uh, masterminds or I'd be at, at events and people would ask me questions and I'd get talking, people would start listening and, you know, I guess because I do have experience in speaking, I know how to keep people's attention. I know how to um, not necessarily nervous and speaking in front of large groups of people. So that kind of uh, it transitioned where I was doing marketing for Les Brown and became good friends with him, talking with yeah. him and things. And uh, he's like, Oh, why don't you speak at, this conference with me and I spoke at the conference and for years we did several conferences uh, together. And so it's just kind of a natural transition, but now in, instead of talking about, uh, you know, the book of Matthew, I'm talking about marketing and, and things like that. So it's just kind of a, a, a natural progression that I knew how to speak and to speak in front of topics. And I, and I enjoy talking about and teaching people about marketing and to personal development, that type of stuff. Definitely, definitely. I enjoy that as well. Yeah. And what allowed you to really make the jump with your personal brand? Yeah, so I, I guess for a long time, I was this guy that was working on everybody else's personal brand. Um, again, worked on some of the biggest names, their personal brand, helped them build their social media and their digital assets and sell their courses and stuff. And I, I always had people tell me, hey, why don't you do a course? Why don't you do a course? And I never wanted to be that guy that was selling courses. And, you know, this 
personal figure, personal brand or whatever. I never really wanted to do that. But I remember hiring on some guys to our team to help out uh, one of my marketing directors. His name is James. He, uh, he would tell me, he's like, bro, why don't you coach people? Like we would be on calls with clients or something and I'd get talking and everybody on there is taking notes and like, man, I didn't know you could do that. That's amazing. Or just like, and so he would tell me, he's like, bro, why don't you do coaching? Why don't you put a course together? I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to do that. He's like, no, people want to know more about this. People want to hear you. And uh, I realized that if, if people pay for something, whether it's coaching, a course, a program that they are invested in it and they're more likely to take action. If you just give people stuff for free and there's no transaction that takes place, I've given people my course for free. And matter of fact, I, yeah, I, I got this, this friend of mine that anytime I got a new course, he's like, oh man, will you hook me up? Will you hook me up? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so I hook him up and then two weeks later, he comes up to me, he's asking me this question and about marketing and stuff. And I was like, you haven't even looked at the course yet, have you? Because that's like one of the first things I talk about in my training is that, like, oh man, I haven't got around to it yet. And I realized, look, I'm giving people my course for free and they're not even um, going through it. So, but if you make people pay for it, they're invested in it, then they, they, will, they will watch the videos, they will take action, they will put it into um, place with their, with their learning. Yeah, it's one of the most ironic things that I learned because I, I have this consulting firm, Edwards Consulting, and we meet with people and we try to help them with self-fulfillment and figuring out what their needs are and how to achieve their needs. Yeah. And the people you do free sessions with, they don't care. Yeah, the yeah, people yeah. You, that pay you the most amount of money, they're like, Jordan, when can we get this done? Because I have action steps at the end of each one Yeah, yeah. and at the end of each meeting. And they're like, done, 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 struggled with this. How do we get this done? And it's just that was one of the most eye-opening things you just said because it relates so much to me. And I was like, yeah, yeah. It's well, bizarre, I, I, but it's true. I, I have a mastermind programs. Yeah. Like we, we, we have masterminding coaching programs where people pay tens of thousands of dollars to be a part of it. And I've had, you know, it's close friends or family that are like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you come no charge. And then couple days before like oh man i'm sorry i can't make it and i'm thinking you know what <laughs> if if you realize that people are paying twenty thousand dollars to be a part of this mastermind um you can't make it because you've you've got a baby shower to go to or something like that you'd be changing <laughs> if you pay twenty thousand dollars to do it you know you might reschedule the birthday party or something you know so. Completely agree. Completely agree. And once they get invested, then they're actually going to make a change in their style. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's definitely one of the keys. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is, so you seem to be working in all cylinders. So with Edwards Consulting, we have mental health, physical health, community service, philanthropy, family, friends, and then spirituality. Mm-hmm. How do you check yourself and how are you operating on all these aspects at a very, very high level, it seems like. Yeah. We'll dive into where you're at with each of them. Yeah. So a, a lot of times people ask the question, how do you balance? How do you exactly. balance, how do you balance your family, your spiritual life, your business? And how do you balance that? My answer is this. You don't balance it. You don't balance it. Balance is like, okay, family here, business here, and you kind of balance it out. You don't balance it. You prioritize it. You say, okay, family is first, this, and you, you prioritize it. So it's like, okay, there's, there's some things that are non-negotiable. My faith, my family, it's non-negotiable. Okay, if, if I have to make some sacrifices on um, business so I can have more time with family, and to make more time with my faith, I'll do that. But I'm not going to sacrifice uh, my faith or my family so I can do more in this area and lose out. So you do have to prioritize. I'm not saying that you don't make sacrifices in your family so that the business can go further, but you do have to prioritize and say, okay, there are things that are non-negotiable, that are absolutes, that are not up 
to uh, debate. It's just, okay, this is set in stone, plain and simple. And then from that, uh, I can build my business. I can travel. I can do this. I can do this. And so you, number one, you have to have your priorities in place and just have some absolutes and, and build from there. Uh, but I, I am very uh, holistic in, in what I do. Like you mentioned, health, health and business and stuff. So I remember, um, you know, there, there was a, a phase in growing the business that I was, uh, super busy where, you know, I was working 15, 20 hours a day. And the challenge with that is I'm sitting in front of the computer, 15, 20 hours a day, not eating right, not going to the gym, not exercising. And you start to feel that. And I would use in my mind, I would use the excuse, I can't do that because I'm busy. Can't go to the gym because I'm busy. Can't exercise because I'm busy. Because I, I, I was working on this, this business. But then I realized that if, if I get my health right, if I, if I exercise, if I, I'm eating properly, the 15 or 20 hours that I'm working, if, if I cut it down to 12 hours and invest the other three hours um, that I would do in working into my health and everything, the 12 hours becomes more productive because my body is healthier, I'm thinking better, I'm feeling better. And so I do think that your health and, and, and again, that goes into spiritually, it goes into your family. If you have those things um, in their proper place, then it does make you work better too. I completely agree. And have your priorities, obviously you gave an example where your priorities have shifted a little bit, but what were they when you started the business to where you are today? Yeah. So, so number, number one, my faith in my family is, is always, um, my priority. Um, it's, it's just, man, if, if I got a great business, but I, I lose either one of those and that's just a mess. Uh, so I, I would never sacrifice that, but I think that there's times that you kind of have to have an understanding with your family that, Hey, you know, I've got children. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be busy, but uh, I'm doing it for this purpose. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it so you can have this. And and there's so there's seasons that you go through that you're kind of in the sewing where you're building, you're growing, you're investing yeah. that business, you're investing that time, but you're doing it not out of selfish reasons, but you're doing it for your family and you're doing it for uh, you know, for a higher cause than just make money and build a business. So when you, you have that in place, you're not sacrificing your family for it, but you're actually doing it for your family. So there comes a season where you are sacrificing time and, and, and stuff so you can build the business, but it's good to have an understanding with your family, why you're doing that. And everybody can be on the same page. Uh, but then there, you know, there comes a season where, okay, you've grown it where you can, you can relax a little bit. You can, you can go on the vacations. You can in, enjoy. Because I, I know some people are like, uh, hey, if you're not working 80 hours a week, you're lazy. And I'm like, well, if you're, not work, if you're working 80 hours a week, you may not be able to enjoy the fruit of your labors. So yeah, um, so yeah I, th- I think as far as my priorities ha- have remained the same, but the shift in how those priorities are displayed as far as like time. So it's, it's, it's less about time versus the, um, the purpose of how the time is being used. Yeah, that's awesome. And I really like the proactive nature that you're going with, with in regard to your family, because that can stir up so many issues in the relationships. And absolutely, they might think that you're not involved as a parent and you're like, no, I'm super involved because I'm doing this for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So absolutely. And what is a time, because it it does sound like a super successful story and you go from starting the business small to getting it very large with some very big team, big, you have your own team, you have very large influencers. Was there a time when there was adversity slash how did you handle that? 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, every business, it's it's a constant um, uh, adversity on and off, where regardless of how many years you um, are growing, how big you are, that there is adversity, there's struggles, there's challenges, there's, there's failures. Um, that's all part of the process of growing. Uh, you know, especially in this world of internet marketing, entrepreneurship, things are always changing. It's kind of like algorithms change on ad platforms, ad accounts get shut down, uh, clients discontinue service, things like that always happen, just always happen. I mean, it's, it's kind of like you, um, you can plan that into the equation that you're not going to have every client for, you know, years. Uh, ad accounts, you know, if you're in marketing, that's going to happen. You're going, you're going to have people that don't like your work. You're going to have, you know, people that uh, accuse you of things. You're, you're just going to have all kinds of stuff. So that's, that's just kind of like part of the equation of success. And uh, I, I think that there's the struggles that I had when I first got started. They're, they're different. But, you know, as you get bigger, sometimes your problems get bigger, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, the bills get bigger and <laughs> things like that. So it's kind of like, OK, yeah, it's 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 great to uh, make one hundred thousand uh, dollars. But if you got ninety nine thousand dollars in bills and, you know, <laughs> what, what does that matter? <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's there's different challenges. And um, I, I know I've had some some challenging times of, uh, like I said, whether it's in, in my world, it's ad accounts, it's uh, policies changing. It's, you know, you could, you could be running. I, I can give you an example there. We've had clients that have made millions of dollars selling courses in cryptocurrency, teaching people how to do cryptocurrency. Well, in one moment, snap, uh, like Thanos, it's, it's over. You know what I mean? And you can no longer run ads for cryptocurrency. Well, that person's business, if all they were doing is selling courses about cryptocurrency, that business is over. Uh, so that happens. That happens, like, you know, and it, you, so you have to have some type of diversification in what you're doing, how you're generating revenue and what you're doing. So what are you, cause you said that you, I haven't stepped away, but you do a more management style of your company now instead of doing all the work. So what are you doing today? Yeah. So basically my focus is number one, creating content that can be used for courses, for, you know, just building audiences, building the brand. So that's uh, number one. And uh, number two, um, I do have a role when it comes to client acquisition and client management where I'm kind of like the face building the relationship and talking to them and um, having the communication with them. So that's, and then I'm um, coaching and consulting. You know, I help uh, individuals that want to learn uh, social media marketing, Facebook ads, Instagram growth, several different topics, help them learn that on a more personal level. I do group coaching. I do personal coaching. I do corporate consulting so that's kind of the thing. But when it comes, so we have agencies, um, internet marketing agencies where we have clients. I have marketing directors and I have teams that, you know, they just kind of report back to me and they tell me, hey, this is what we're doing. And, you know, I just kind of, you know, help navigate things. So. Yeah. And how, so when you do the role of coaching, mm-hmm. where, like the coaching, the clients, all of that stuff. How do you decide how too much is take on, to take on, or do you turn stuff down or pass it on, or because you seem to juggle a lot and you prioritize? But how do you know when the right time is? Yeah. So for me, um, I really use my discretion. If if I don't think that I can really help someone, then I, you know, it, like we're not a good fit. It's um, I don't know their industry. I don't know, you know, maybe they're doing things um, that uh, I, I just don't really feel like I can help. So that that's number one. I, th- I think learning when to say no can be a great asset because, uh, you know, you can 
put a post out there, put an ad out there and get a bunch of clients and, and students and stuff like that. And you just make yourself busy. But for me, I want to help people. I want to, I want them to get results. I want them to be saying, man, man, I changed my life. Wow. That changed my business. Just, you know, amazing results like that. Uh, so, uh, so that's number one is I want to be able to say, I can sincerely help people if I can't. And it's, it's no. So that's, that's first of all. And, and then there is the, um, what is the most profitable thing to do? You know, when you're looking at it, you're like, okay, is, is my time better spent doing this or this? It's like, for, for example, um, I know how to run Facebook ads. I know how to set them up and manage them and everything like that. But the time spent in doing that, I can hire someone and train them to do it. And my time is more um, efficient and I can, quite frankly, I can make more money doing coaching and consulting versus doing me personally running Facebook ads. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So it's it's because you can just pay someone to do that and you can manage it yourself. Yeah. If if, if I can train somebody to do it for me, typically that's what I'll do. If I can train, if I can train somebody to do it um, on my behalf, whether it's checking emails, responding to um, messages on social media, um, setting my calendar, uh, managing appointments and stuff. If I can hire someone to do it for me, I'll do that. Uh, like for example, I cannot hire somebody to go on a podcast and do a podcast for me because let's, let's, let's be honest. If, uh, Jordan, if, if you set an appointment with me and you said, Hey, Paul, I want to have you on a podcast and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, on the podcast, um, Frank shows up and like, I'm here to do the podcast for Paul. That wouldn't go over very well. So it wouldn't be great. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be very well. So I'm like, okay, I told Frank exactly what to say and he's gonna do it. That wouldn't work very well. So so there are things that only I can do um, that I try to keep my focus just on that. And even though I can check my emails, I can respond to my messages, I can do all these other things, it frees up my time to do more um, valuable things if I'm not doing the little things. And at what point in your business career and as you were growing the company, mm-hmm. was it that you're, you go, I got to step, I got, I got to have other people come in here and really. Yeah. It, so it was, it was probably within the first, um, first year and a half to two years that I hired my, my first employee and I had I was spending a lot of time writing articles, um, posting posts on Facebook, where uh, you know I was spending uh, eight hours a day writing articles, posting um, content, and then another eight hours doing ads and everything like that. And so it's kind of like, okay, I'm better you know, there's, there's more money to be made in me running ads versus me running articles and posting. Like literally I would make the pictures and then post it onto Facebook. So I'm like, okay, my, I, I, people really pay me for running the ads. So if I can hire someone and have them write the articles and post the content for me, that would be a good investment, but it's tough because here's the thing. Although I'm I'm working a lot of I'm making more money, so it's kind of like okay if I hire this person on, it's taking some of my profit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like oh, and so that was a tough thing for me. But when I did it, I, I remember being like, oh, I can breathe now. I'm only working you know eight or ten hours a day. You know this is yeah. great. So so it was good. Yeah, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are in that place right now where they're starting up, they want to grow the social media, they want to do this, they want to actually do the work, and it's the point where you get overwhelmed and you go, I don't even know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, you know, it's one of those things where initially you'll make less money because you're paying someone to do the work for you, but 
when you take a step back months later, you'll find out that you're more productive and you'll make more money. And what you invested in hiring that person, you will recuperate um, in your productivity. Definitely. And on a couple, I was listening to when I was doing some of the research on you, you mentioned that you mentioned a really cool networking strategy. Mm-hmm. It was um, you pretty much go to the people, you help them, and then you get interested. Like you were saying that you'll do the work for free, as yeah. you mentioned before, but it's also even more than that. You'll like, how can I help you? And it's yeah. not sort of mentorish. Can you? Elaborate? Yeah, yeah. So, so a lot, a lot of times, people. Uh, I think, I think one of the a couple of different things to accelerate your own personal growth is number one, network and go to events, whether it's conferences, masterminds. If if you just go to, you know, um, your local websites, as far as networking events, you can probably find half a dozen events. And even if it's something that's not even of particular interest to you, just go to it to meet people and to connect with people. Because for a long time, I, like I said, I was this guy just in my house in my office doing stuff and I didn't network. I didn't go to connect with people. And I realized that my growth could have happened quicker if I would have kind of broke out of my shell and went to events and network and conferences and seminars and things like that. Because really relationships is what it's all about. Building relationships, connecting with people is so important. So number one, go to events, conferences, in, invest in yourself in that avenue. Then number two, get a mentor, get a mentor, find someone that you'd be, you'd be like, hey, in 10 years, I want to be like that person and um, follow them, uh, digest their content, watch what they're doing, read about them, learn about them, listen and videos, everything, everything you can and try to uh see if they will mentor you. And there's two ways to get a mentorship. Number one, money brings mentorship, <laughs> plain and simple. Uh, regardless, if you want Tony Robbins to mentor you, or if you want me to mentor you, money uh, will get you a mentor. Uh, it's just figuring out that price tag and if you can afford it or, or not. Yeah. Um, so obviously I offer mentorship programs. But sometimes I'll have people message me on Instagram and they'll send me a message. They're like, hey, Paul, will you be my mentor? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, here's an invoice. You know what I mean? <laughs> but really what they're trying to say is, hey, Paul, will you teach me everything you know and uh, help me out and you know, just let me be your student for free? And that doesn't go too, <laughs> too far. Uh, you know, it's it's basically what they're saying is, hey, Paul, will you work for me for free? You know, because mentoring someone is work. It's difficult. It's challenging. You're investing in them. You're pouring into them. So, um, so a good way is if if you can't, um, if you can't afford the coaching, the mentorship programs that people are offering, a good way to kind of build a connection is if you have a a service, if you have a talent, if you have something that you can do that would offer value to that person. You can say, hey, hey, Paul, my specialty is copywriting. My specialty is email marketing. I, I build funnels and man, I really like your style. I, I follow you. I know everything about you. And, you know, just, I would really like to get connected with you. Would it be all right if, you know, I could be your um, copywriter, I can help you out with copyright. Anything you need, you just let me know. Whether it's funnel, whatever your skill set is, um, would you, can I do it for you for free? And most of the times, if there is a deficit in that area, I'm a person would say, yeah, you know, hey, let, let's let's talk about it. Let's see what your what your work is. Honestly, you got to have a skill that is marketable. You got to be good at it. You got to have that craft that is is valuable, but there's a transaction taking place. Although it may not be money, it's your skill in return. And what that does is that gives you access to the person and you build a relationship. You get to see what they're doing. You get your hands involved. And it's a, it's a great way to learn. It's just like, um, what better way of learning or being mentored is just being around the person, seeing how they work and what they do. And you learn just, you know, by 
being with them. So, so that's a good way to, to get into a, a mentorship. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. And I, when I heard that the first time I was blown away because it's such a simple idea, but everyone's like, no, I'm starting my business. I got to make money. Yeah. No, you got to learn so you can make money. You got to learn and apply the action. Yeah. I, I did a, a lot of work with a lot of notable people um, just as uh, a volunteer helping them out. And then, but from that, if, if you can do good work for notable people, the word will get around. Yeah. And then they do the right people and they help good people. And as long as you're being a good person too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the one other thing I wanted to touch on is what are you doing with homeless people or you're traveling without electric? I was reading about that. What, what, what <laughs> yeah, is yeah. that? Yeah. So, so I, I tell you what, I'm blessed to be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing. And, you know, if your only goal, if your only ambition in life is just to make money, well, that's all you'll do is just make money. Um, but when you realize it's more than making money, but it's about making an impact and what you can do with the money and the help that you can bring to people. And there's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing that, uh, you know, you've been empowered financially with gifts that you can help people and help them become better people. I, I think there's just a great feeling in being able to do that. And so, yeah, um, I, have the privilege of working with one of the largest nonprofits here in Southwest Florida, a um, homeless shelter that um, we help in various capacities, help people get off the streets and help provide homing and uh, housing and uh, job opportunities and uh, help them, you know, get, get off drugs, get off alcohol, whatever their challenge might be and um, help them be more productive citizens in society uh, so I've been doing that for years. Also, uh, really love going on missions trips, uh, been to several third world countries, um, Haiti, we've been to several times. We go down there, help set up orphanages and um, schools. You realize, uh, you know, like, like, for example, whether it's $100, you take $100 and you go to a third world country, how far that can go, it's just, it's just amazing. So, you know, that's, that's, kind of my heartbeat, my passion is to uh, not not be selfish with what I've been given, but to help other people. Also here locally, have like a little young entrepreneurs training program where we've got um, people that are in, you know, young guys, youth that are in um, low income communities that I help them set up businesses. I help them get their online programs going. And, you know, over the years, I've been fortunate to help uh, several youth set up successful businesses and some making millions of dollars. So uh, you know, that's just my little part of um, making this world a little bit better place. Paul, that's great to hear the holistic version of yourself because on Instagram, and I love what you're doing, it's great stuff. And on Instagram, a lot of people present Oh, I'm the internet guy. I'm the internet, but you got to keep on brand, and I understand that. But I was that was really great that you could open up there. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, if people are looking to find you, where can they find you at? Yeah. So, probably the number one easiest place to contact me is on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Paul P A U L. That's it. Just Paul uh, verified account. Um, send me a message there, or you can uh, go to our website. And my website is paulgetter, G-E-T-T-E-R.com, paulgetter.com. Paul Getter, it's <laughs> been a pleasure. Really appreciate having you on the podcast. Thank you very much, Jordan. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for listening to the entirety of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, which I hope you did, I'd really appreciate if you leave a five-star review and subscribe as we're going to keep putting out better and better content. If you want to keep up with us and who's going to be a guest and who's going to be on the show, follow me at at Jedwards559 on Instagram. It's J-E-D-W-A-R-D-S 
on Instagram. I really hope you guys keep clocking in and you learn some valuable information from this podcast. And I hope to see you again soon. Everyone have a great day. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.